What's up, addicts? Welcome back. It is January 4th. This is episode 47 of Victory Monday. Won't even question it. We'll go ahead and dictate, excuse me, dedicate this podcast to the one and only Chris Cooley, Cap Chaos, putting in a lot of good years for us here uh, when the team was the Redskins, now Washington football team. And he continues to love this team through his dedicated film study that he provides us after every week. I hope you guys listen to it. It provides some good insight. So yeah, that without any hesitation, let's move forward and talk about this Victory Monday. We are division champs, NFC East, NFC least. Yeah, baby. Call it champions. It wasn't the prettiest season. Seven and nine finish victory over the Eagles, which we'll talk about here in just a second. A lot of, lot of controversy, a lot of, uh, lot of good discussion around the game. Wasn't a pretty win, but in the end, a win is a win. So as you all know, we won the game 20 to 14. Uh, Jalen Hurts played the first two quarter, three quarters, and then out of nowhere, I believe the score was 17-14, and then all of a sudden Peterson pulls Jalen Hurts and inserts no other than the former backup quarterback for the then Redskins, the one and only Nate Sudfeld, Super Bowl ring holder Nate Sudfeld <laughs> out of Indiana. And then he proceeds to throw a pick on his first drive, and then the rest was kind of history. We managed to win, managed to hold on. And a lot of people out there believe that the Eagles deliberately tanked or graciously tanked, however you want to call it. Not sure if it was for draft pick position. That's probably the easiest argument to stick to. Or not sure if it was just to really get Nate Sudfeld some playing snaps, like Doug Peterson said. So with that being said, let's go right into it, fellas. Ellie. What, what do you think about, about the Eagles and, and all this talk about them potentially uh, throwing the game in the league reactions? Uh, so I think the Eagles did, I don't want to say throw the game because they at least came out and made it competitive. And I think early they were showing that they could make plays in the run game. I think Hertz was moving the ball with his legs early and often. And I think, you know, anytime they do that against our defense, it's a positive for them. Um, but Prior to the game, it was well known that the Eagles were going to sit a lot of their starters. Uh, I think Alshon Jeffrey was out for quote unquote personal reasons. Um, Carson Wentz didn't even dress. You know what I mean? And then uh, you got the report that came out probably about what ten or eleven o'clock. Not 10, I'm sorry, it was uh, it was a night game. It was in the afternoon that Nate Sudfield would see snaps in the second half, like no matter the circumstances and. To me, when you have a coach who is basically on his last lifeline, he doesn't care about Nate Sudfeld getting reps. Are you kidding me? Like, what does he care if Nate Sudfeld gets reps for? Um, but at the end of the day, um, the Skins took care of business or the football team took care of business, which we've all said before is not something that they're really accustomed to doing in moments that matter. And for by and large, they've done that this year. In terms of the league reaction, I get it because you don't want people manipulating outcomes based on um, things that they control. Like you want football to be a natural game because then you start getting this argument about gambling and point shaving or what have you. Um, you open that door and the NFL has just married into legalizing legalized gambling. And now you have people impacting and affecting outcomes, which really can impact the gambling community. Um, which has a lot of impact to what the NFL is trying to do going forward. So I understand the reactions. I don't think they're pure, oh, you you, you tanked reactions. I think there's business stuff associated with that. Um, and then like the Giants, you know, they're upset. I don't care. 
they could they should have won the games that they had to win. And I think that's the reality every team should take is like if you had won at one other game, you wouldn't be in this position right now. So, yep, no, I, I definitely feel you. There's a lot of outrage to run a league with this stuff, man. Phil, what, what you think? Think that them talking about this, I, it's funny because I think it's you spoke something into into action. I think a lot of that what talk was simply because I don't I think with ten starters out, most due to injury, Wentz is pouty, so Peterson Saturday made him inactive. Um, I think the Eagles were, were just anticipating getting blown out the water. Here's here comes a very motivated Washington team. Um, so I thought they I think they put that out there saying, you know, hey, we're gonna get blown out, but that's okay because we're not playing everybody anyway. You know, kind of a media game. Doug Peterson trying to act like he's trying to, you know, get some guys some shine for the future. But then um Jalen Hurts ran the ball fairly effectively early. I mean, his numbers don't bear out very well. Uh, running or throwing. I mean, he had eight carries of 34 yards, which is good for a quarterback, but it's not mind-blowing. Um, he finished also finished the game with seven of 20 for 72 yards. Um, that's horrible. And I think that had Hurts, had the score still been 17-14, but Hurts looked better, Doug Peterson probably rides with them just so he could pull off the upset and say, I did something that cost these guys the title. And instead he goes with Nate Sudfeld, which for years, if you were here during the Kirk Cousins era, you heard about how amazing Nate Sudfeld really is. He's the more dynamic quarterback. Those are exact words from a former member of Redskins Addicts, Nate Sudfeld is a more dynamic quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Now, well, I got my own goods and bads on Kirk. Nate was trash. So that's how we ended up winning that game was because Philly couldn't throw the ball with either quarterback they had, and they were banged up and hurt, and we took advantage of it early. But... I don't know. I mean, I can, I can honestly, because Peterson kind of floated stuff out there that looks like, oh, the fix was in. First of all, Philadelphia has no love for us as a franchise. Now, I can see where the Giants are pissed because, A, the Giants lost their, you know, chance at a division title because they see it as Philly laid down. And, B, Giants ownership hates our franchise. This is a well-known, documented fact. So that's a that's a that's a double sore spot for the Giants. And that's why, and because of the fact the NFL is headquartered in New York, and New York media is still the biggest media in, in the country. When New York media screams, fix, it was fixed, it's a fraud, they tanked on purpose, that becomes a narrative. Yeah. It does. Can I, can I add something? I'm sorry, Steve. No, go quick. ahead. I, as you were talking, Phil, I was looking up some other information, and there's video out of Hurts on the sideline. Saying that's messed up, right? That's, that's, not, right. Not, right. that's not right. That's not right. This is not right. Yeah. And, yeah, and you remember Hurts right. is, uh, is a coach's kid, right? Like one of those guys who talked about like wanting to compete until the end. Um, 
And then you also have video. Have you guys seen this of this uh, Ertz block or not block mm -hmm. <laughs> where he just lets the, he, he puts his two hands out and just taps the, the Redskins defender or the uh, Washington football team defender and then lets him go get to Sedfeld. Uh, this is starting to make its rounds on social media too. So Phil, I hear your point, but I think there's other auxiliary information. I can show out. you a very similar attempt at a block that Steven Sims tried to make last week against Carolina. Uh, Steven Sims is not a tight end. <laughs> I, I feel you, bro. But I, I, I think some of the players, like when, when the quarterback knows, I don't think it was a secret, put it that way. And I, I think that. Oh yeah. I, I'm not going to say it. I'm, I think that this was pretty much a, it was spoken into existence but just not in the way i think he originally intended i really think peterson wins this game expecting us to blow them out but and that, yeah. and, and, and it didn't happen but they weren't really in a position i mean i i get it hurts wants to play hurts wants to try to win the game they're close he's the only guy that scored for them i get that but at the same time if you need passing yards you need them in chunks is Hurts the guy that's going to get it for you? Well, but they were always within a touchdown. I think I, it, the bottom line is the the a lot of people associated with the organization are upset with the Eagles, and, and these are Eagles people in the organization. I I want and for another podcast. I wonder what Peterson's done to that locker room. You know what I mean? Going forward, and players like Ron Rivera talked all year about players wanting to win, players wanting to win. And we made the case that, you know, pick status matters. And now we're seeing the inverse of that, where a coach chose a pick over being competitive. And the players are aware of it, and some are frustrated by it. That's going to be an interesting thing to follow with the Eagles going forward. There was uh, – Absolutely. Jason Cap Hell, too, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jason Kelsey, Zach Ertz, one other person, and then the – VP of security stayed after the game in the stadium till after 1 a.m. last night. Right. You see that, that picture floating around too. And, and Ertz was, was, was crying during his press conference. Now I think it's sentimental too, because I believe he knows that he's no longer going to be with this team because they have Dallas Goddard. So it was probably, you know, mi mixed emotions with that, but you know, at the end of the day, like Ron Rivera kind of said it best. He goes, it's not our fault for winning. I mean, it's hard. It can't really be mean bad at our team. These other teams, hey, win more games. We won our little crappy seven games. You couldn't even do that. So in the end, not mad that we won. I, I just don't understand why all the hate from the Giants fans on social media, win more games. Don't leave, leave anything to chance. It's like, it's hard to be mad at the kicker when he loses the game, but it sucks that we let the kicker put us in position to even lose a game in the first place. Yeah. And so, I don't want to hear from Giants fans. They tried to give away that game. Yeah. That was, it's, oh. it, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, it is what it is. Carson's not going to be there. Wentz is not going to be there. I feel like that team is like how we were last year when Jay was on the way out, but I don't know. I think Howie Roseman came out before the week game and said that Peterson's still our guy. I don't know if that changed or what. No, so, they're still there. Still the case. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how, how it all plays out, but yeah, I mean, and, and the funny part is yesterday, Ron even talked about at this post-conference that did anyone, did anyone, um, you know, I, it, on the fact that they benched their players or didn't have all their players in, he mentioned nobody cared. We didn't, we didn't have some of our best players the last few weeks, you know, their coach made 
their decisions and we just roll with this. So it is what it is. No, no love, no hate. It, you know, it happens. It's football. It, it's good for us. It's crappy for them. So I don't know. He even talked about thinking about pulling Alex at halftime. And if you saw that game, it was no secret that he had some mobility issues. I was going crazy last night saying his mobility was a liability. When he had a clean pocket, he had time to throw. He could make the throws like we've seen Alex do since he's been back. If he had the least little bit of pressure, he would try to scoot right and throw off that back leg. And he was even having problems getting the ball to the flat to J.D. McKissick. It was like very embarrassing. Like, what are you doing? Like, you, he's wide open and you can't even hit him for a, no, a zero yard gain in the flat. But the score was so close. So what do you what do you do? As, as Ron Rivera. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a sustainable model to go against Tampa Bay because Brady will not be forgiving. That's the bottom line, even without Mike Evans. Yeah. Frustrating as hell. Yeah. And, yeah. and for the record, Alex Smith is two and five in the playoffs. Completes about 61% of his passes, 14 touchdowns, two picks, but that's when he's healthy. Yep. And um, also much better talent too, which is interesting, you know, so – that's that's with the the Tyree kill. That's with the uh, Curry Travis Hunt, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Did he did he take them to the playoffs when he was a 49er? Yeah, he yes, yes. Took to the NFC so Championship. Had, so he had Vernon Davis, Frank Gore. Yeah, Frank Gore, Michael Crabtree. Yeah, Crabtree, Texas Tech. Yep. So yeah, that's that's and the an amazing defense. That defense was the truth. Yeah, they played two games that year. Or is that the, that's not the Kaepernick year, right? This is no, the year before was, the Kaepernick year. Yeah, that's okay. when Vernon Davis caught that touchdown and honestly the NFC championship. Hell of a year. No, because if you went to if he only played two games, that you didn't go to the NFC championship, right? He did. Oh, I guess if you were the number one seed. First round by. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Right on. Probably had like 19 touchdowns that year for 3,200 yards. <laughs> I'm guessing. Okay. I'll say exactly. You know, he had 17 touchdowns and 3,100 yards. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was too easy. You were close. Too easy. And you were still close. Yeah. So any, any other thoughts on the game? I, I did like how they finally, they got Gibson involved way too late. I didn't appreciate Scott Turner didn't run towards the end, but like I said, the mobility was so bad. I want to say the latter half of the fourth quarter, maybe closer towards the end, they were in a three tight end set. They were not passing the ball. They took, they knew passing was too much of a risk. They, it was almost like shocking and and embarrassing third and eight. You're going to run. Who does that? You're bringing in, you're bringing in three tight ends and an extra tackle who's eligible because you're just going to run the ball up the gut. That's when you knew that they didn't trust Alice to convert a simple third down. They were like, yeah. look, let's just waste this clock and get out of here. Yeah, let's not get and hurt. I just and, – and if Alex can't – if Alex is no better, if he's not a lot better physically than he was last night, he should not see the field. He put in uh, put in Hanicki. I'd much, if you're going to try to win this game, 
you you can't roll with a hurt Alex. You can't roll with an eighty percent Alex or whatever we saw. If it's not one hundred percent Alex, you don't roll with them. I don't. We'll I don't talk think about you, that in a couple of yeah, days. I, just to kind of rebuttal that, I don't think you can put in uh, Heineke and Nicky Hickey Hickey whatever after he's played in what for like four NFL games on five teams and no relative experience. Like the playoffs are a different beast altogether in the NFL. I totally understand, but. You, that that man was a sitting, just he was a target. I I agree, but Ron's 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 a vet guy, and he's going to go with his vets. And I think you're going to see Alex Smith rolling out there in a wheelchair if he has to be. I'm sure I agree with you. That's what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. It, like you said, it's house money. I just worry about for Alex's safety. And, and Tampa Bay has a pretty good pretty good defense. I mean, they got Sue, uh, Levante, David. They, they have a good defense. This is there. the scenario I warn people about in the preseason, that this man saw the field, you were going to see a crippling happen. He steps yeah. on that field, and he's not 100%. You will see that this weekend. And Phil, remember the last time we had a playoff game, not the last time, but remember RG3 at FedEx, who was a little bit hurt on that grass at FedEx. And that was basically the end of RG3 in DC for better, for worse. Hopefully, I think the field's in better condition now, right? Yeah. As far as we know. So they redid the whole field. Like yeah. we've come, we've commented on uh, in previous pods that the, that the field looked amazing. I'm, I'm looking at a, uh, this is a little bit off topic, but a, like the most comparable game I can think of for the Bucks versus us is like the Chicago Bears their offenses can be anemic at times and their defense is pretty strong. Um, they played Tampa in October when they were still trying to figure things out and they beat Tampa 20 to 19. Now Tampa is a much better team now than they were then. And they have Antonio Brown. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, Oh Lord. <laughs> but Mike Evans hurt his knee. So there's a chance he, he might not even see the field. So, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And then you had Mr. The Predator himself, Chase Young, as he's running off the field, yelling, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, I'm coming. Yes, I know he's excited. Yes, it was heat of the moment. But there is a chance that comma could end up biting you in the ass. If not, hey, you know, you're young, you're hep- you're hyped up, you're ready to go. So lesson learned. Lesson learned. <laughs> and there uh there will be no fans at the game this weekend. There was some discussion. People were asking about it back on December 11th. They made their decision not to because of COVID, but it looks like today, uh, 10 minutes ago, they just announced that they will continue to follow restrictions from the state of Maryland and Prince George's County regarding limitations on gatherings due to COVID. So there will be no fans on the January 9th FedEx field game. So especially our players will miss having our passionate fans in the stadium. As we take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we are grateful for all of the support from our community and encourage everyone to stay safe. So there, that answers that question. No fans. So we'll see how it goes. See what kind of experience they bring us for our, our first playoff berth since what, 2015, if I'm not mistaken. You know, what sucks about that game coming up. Is if we were, if we, if we, if I felt confident in Alex I'd say we have a shot just because of some things I just saw, but I don't, I don't see, I don't see where this man as of last night should step on the field as a quarterback. That was a a horrible experience. 
I mean, not to do more research coming up to the week, but I'm curious as to what their run defense looks like. And if they're smart. Number they, one. Uh, well, there's your strategy. Make Alex Smith beat you. Well, they did. Get they have destroyed. a bad pass defense. Yeah. That's, they, that's the thing. But yeah, they got destroyed on the ground by Green Bay, but Green Bay also has other weapons for them to focus on. So it's not like yeah. something that we'd be able to repeat necessarily. If, if Gibson were healthy too, because from what I understand, he didn't look all that healthy last I, night. Either. He still looks like he's 85%, I'll say, is a number I'd like to throw out there. He didn't have that explosiveness that we saw like in the two Dallas games. Mm. I mean, he still had the trucking ability, but it definitely was He's tough running. He's not slashing – He's tough running, yeah. you know. He he's trying to be he 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 looks more like a traditional power back. Yeah, I mean, as it stands right now, the current line is eight and a half points for Tampa. So it's not the biggest spread right now. The Saints over the Bears is at ten. So we'll see if these lines change throughout the week. But that's that's what they're currently sitting at. Everything else is. Uh, Relatively simple, six, eight, four, but us and the uh, us and the Bears aren't getting too much love. Yeah, right, rightfully yeah. so, rightfully so. For sure, Tampa has the number four rush defense. Okay, and the hang on, this thing is sorty. Uh, pass defense, they are number thirty-one. Yeah, polar opposites. Well, but. Also, you have to take a caveat with that because they're also an explosive offense. So a lot of teams are trying to throw to come back too. Yeah. I, I think if you look at like true pass defense, are probably closer to the middle of the pack. But that's where you would. They're twenty first. They're twenty first in passing yards allowed, and first in rushing yards. Yeah, that's what I have here. Yeah. To- right. Total. You're looking at totals. I'm total yards. At per ga- yeah, I'm looking yeah. at per game averages. Yeah. They're thirty oh. first and fourth. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, let's, let's close out this Alex Smith topic real quick. And so, so, so we all, well, I know Ellie and I agree that Alex is going to be the quarterback on Sunday, unless we hear something that he makes it have an injury this week. Not denying he won't be, but Jesus, he shouldn't be. Right. But Ellie makes a good point. Do you go with the guy who's played less games than I have on my one hand, less fingers than the guy who's played, you know, 14 years I think you have to roll with, with that guy, especially with knowing Ron the way he is, right, wrong, and different. That's what he's going to do. And I, I just you, – You you have that kid ready just yeah. in case. And if, if Tampa's smart – well, one, yeah, and if Tampa's smart, if they lock down Terry and McKissick, that's it. You know, I forget how many targets uh, McKissick had yesterday. And he, he played well. He had a couple crucial drops for uh, third downs, but – Zero yards rushing on two carries. Yeah. I don't even actually remember him getting any carries, but. He did. I remember him going nowhere <laughs> and went nowhere fast. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it's going to be Alex Smith. I'd be interested to see what the game plan is, what the scheme is against Tampa. Uh, they're talking about some potential weather. that I think that favors Brady more than anybody playing in New England for all those years. That man – is good. But I don't know if he got soft by playing in Tampa, playing under the, <laughs> the sun, but there, I mean, it's going to be a little cold right now. It's about 38 degrees on Saturday. So we'll, we'll see. No, there's models that show potential, some precipitation and snow, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, the thing with them too, is like, if the passing game doesn't work, they have two 
running backs that can be explosive in Fournette and uh, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, yeah. Get it done. So. Fournette, the bowling ball. They were both battling some injuries, in the, but you had one, and then one came right back in behind the other. So a little yeah. tan- tandem to have. All right, so let's talk about a little bit Logan Thomas. He had a great, great one-handed catch for a touchdown. I think he really bailed out Alex. I mean, if that's where Alex intended to throw it, it was a great throw. If it, if you just threw it, I understand some quarterbacks, you have to just throw it and hope your guy goes and gets it. And that's what Logan did. It was an amazing catch. Probably one of his best catches all year. He had a dude all over him. He kind of gave him the, the one arm 360. It was just a great catch all around. And I think Logan is definitely proven that he, he can be a serviceable uh, tight end one. TE1, at least for the short-term future, especially given he has one more year under his contract and he's only in his second year in the position. So what are you guys thoughts on, on Logan Thomas as a whole in general? I think it's been a pretty nice surprise. Lily, what you got? Yeah, it's been a good surprise. Steve, at the beginning of the season and in the off season, I think you and I are pretty excited about the potential for Logan Thomas because Outside of Jordan Reed, we really lacked a dynamic tight end. I think what we found out is Logan Thomas is not necessarily dynamic, um, but he, he he has stepped up a lot, especially under the direction of Alex. Um, so I'm, I'm pleased with what we've seen, uh, you know, just to political water. I think we know he has uh, limitations to his game. And there's some debate about whether or not he's your starting tight end one year in and year out, but from what we've gotten this year, considering the needs that we have on this team with offensive playmakers, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, what about you, Phil? As someone who watches the line a lot, um, one thing has what's what's made me most bullish on Logan is that he has stepped up his blocking ability. And I think that that's something that goes a little underrated when it comes to tight ends because the league is such a passing league these days. So everybody talks about the pass catching tight ends, but you do have to be able to block. You are on that line for run plays. And is he a great blocker? No, but he, he does what's asked of him. And and that's, he gets a normal tight ends worth of work and he's holding up fairly well. And I, and I think that, that's been one of my biggest surprises with Logan. That's actually the reason why I wasn't so bullish on him. I'm a, I played line when I was in high school. I'm a line guy. I want my tight ends to block. I hate diva tight ends who never block. Um, <laughs> so I was actually you know very impressed with that. I don't know if he was a Pro Bowl snub. I'd have to kind of really dive into what some of the other tight ends were in the NFC. But as far as being an extremely pleasant surprise, absolutely. Considering the fact that I didn't even think he was going to be the starting tight end before the season started. Thad Moss. I thought it was going to be Thaddeus Moss, and then he got hurt. Um, I I do disagree with you, and it's my own fault. You're saying he's blocking better. I trust you. Every time I'm actually looking for that, him blocking, he's always missing a block. And I just must be looking at the wrong times because every time I actually look at him, he misses a block. So I really think I'm just catching it at the worst times. Or if a play gets blown up, I'm like, oh, there goes Logan. So I need to start watching him more. Like like you said, I'm just probably not watching the 
the plays that aren't sexy or the plays that, you know what I mean? Like I always tend to focus on when something happens and I look back and I'm like, Oh, he missed that. So I gotta, I gotta look at watch two, two things. It's two things that that are catching your eye in the game. If you're just watching a game is where the ball's going. And if something looks completely out of pocket, yeah, something happens that, that, that should not happen. That, that, those are the things that catch your eye. So I get that. Yeah. But a lot of just the normal stuff. I mean, he holds blocks well. He does well on the double teams and uh, doing the little hook blocks on, on defensive ends, you know, just, just keeping them off their game. And I think these are some of the things that have helped uh, some of these backup tackles that have come in, you know, whether it be Lucas, whether it be Sharp, whether it be whoever, um, be a little more effective, uh, even though they haven't been crazy effective. It's helped them out when you see these little things. You know, it just it allows us to get a couple extra plays in the run game, you know, that we may not have had before. But um, I did not expect seventy some catches from him. Yeah, 70, did not expect that. Seventy two so. catches, six hundred seventy yards, nine point three average, six touchdowns. I'm I'm happy with that. If you're if you're Logan Thomas, you're going out and buying Alex Smith a gift right now because. The from the moment that Alex Smith took over full time, which I think was the after what Kyle Allen got hurt in the Giants game, like permanently. Second right? Giants yeah. game. So it was the, the Detroit, that was his, Detroit game. It well, no, was, second, right? Yeah, yeah, it was the Detroit game. Eleven eighteen. Yes. Uh, yeah, because he, he had three catches, twenty eight yards in that game, but that was only a half for Alex Smith, and then he immediately just. Went to the moon for his own production, except for against Cincinnati. I mean, four for 66, four for 20 in a touch, nine for 98 in a touch, six for 43, 13 for 101. Um, To the point about his his abilities, uh, I was talking to Eric about this last week, but like in a game when you have a a receiver, a tight end catch 13 catches, you probably want a little more than just 100 yards out of that. Um, Whereas another more dynamic tight end probably turns that into 130 yards or something like that. And maybe a touchdown or two. Um, that's the story on him though. But the fact that he was able to come down with 13 catches yeah. helps the team. That target, that target, the targets and after, after Alex Smith took over, just shot right up. Just like you mm-hmm. said. And I, I think he knows the playbook and I think he knows his routes. Cause if I recall, I want to say there's probably three times this year, he gives Cam Sims twice and Isaiah Wright wants the stink eye. Like, what are you doing? Because after a play happens, they're probably like he's like two feet away from him, which we talk about all the time. Like, what? Like, what? Are, what are you doing? Why are you right next to me? So I, I feel like he knows the playbook. It's probably the quarterback in him, though, that, that I'm guessing. Yeah. So, do you guys feel like he's still ascending though? Like, he's kind of new to the position. Next year, do you expect more than this year? Next year is year three. I think next year we should know for sure. Year three, year two in this offense, assuming Scott Turner stays, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, we should see more. I mean, it also depends on who the quarterback is, right? But I think that if he has a quarterback who spreads the ball around but doesn't ignore the tight ends, he'll eat. He can eat. I shouldn't say he will, he can. But whatever you see next year, He's going to be peak Logan Thomas, obviously. I don't think he ascends further beyond what we see next year. But I think there is still more he can do and more that he can create. You know, he's not a – 
he is not afraid of contact. I'll, I'll give him that. He doesn't always make the most out of his attempts at trying to break tackles and so forth, but he doesn't shy away from contact, and he's proven to be pretty durable for a guy who has been surprisingly physical at his position. You know, can't say about that about Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed was a former quarterback playing tight end who wanted to be a wide receiver. And Logan Thomas is a former quarterback playing tight end who wants to play tight end. And there's a big difference between the two. Yeah. You know, I I was expecting more drops. I I was hearing in training camp, his problem was dropping the ball and he started out struggling as well. And he'll still have that occasional drop, but I really think he he fixed that part of his game And, and, and fumbles too, drops and fumbles. So I think he really cleaned that up. I don't know what changed, but he kind of figured that out. It was a, kind of a smaller catch radius than what I'd like from a, a bigger tight end too. I hate that about him. I got to be honest. Um, he, he does. See, he's what, 6'4"? You figure mm-hmm. that wingspan would be – but yeah. no, you're right. Absolutely. You I thought he was like 6'6". Six, six. So, he's something like that. Now, the thing, like people have to know six, how to set six, realistic six. expectations next season. So having a better year doesn't mean more catches because we essentially got nothing from receivers beyond Terry McLaurin, right? J.D. McKissick had 80 catches. Logan had 72. You're going to have a a better second and third wide receiver almost guaranteed next season. And so the target share is going to go down a little bit for those guys, but it's about what he does with those targets next year that determines if he's still ascending or not. Yeah, if he can get some – he's not a big rack guy. You know, I don't see him getting a lot of – yards after catch or yak but it'd be nice if you could figure that out next year yeah. every time he catches the ball it just kind of goes down but if you're asking if he's a pro bowl snub i would say compared to evan ingram yes evan ingram did <laughs> not does, granted we all know the pro bowl is a popularity contest it's not the nfl top 100 which i believe is much more valuable because it's you know four players by players but for the pro bowl i could think of a quite a few more tight ends than evan ingram not even talking yeah. not even including Logan Thomas. I mean, you could say TJ Hawkinson. Uh, you, sure. could, you could say who else in the, in the, in the NFC? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you could probably make that. Nah, Goddard and Ertz were both injured a lot. Uh, Hawkinson oh, definitely, Hawkinson I think, for sure. should have gone over him. Gone over Ingram. Ingram lost his team a game on Monday Night Football with a drop late in the game. I forget who they were playing against. But he was on a little um, uh, flag fly route on the side, and Daniel Jones hit him, and it went right through his hands. And they, uh, it was the Eagles game, I think it was early in the year. Um, yeah, they, yeah, he's he should not be in the Pro Bowl. He's so inconsistent, and every Giants fan I know hates him. He drops he has the so ball, much potential. Yeah. drops the ball so much. Yeah, and he fumbles on top of it too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, fellas, well, I think this one's coming to a close. Uh, I think the next pod we'll, we'll talk about more of the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay game, see where we're headed, see where we're going. I do want to recap real quick where, where we all talked about for predictions last week when we had the pleasure and the blessing of, of talking to former Washington running back Matt Jones. Shout out to Matt Jones. Yep. Uh, Phil, you had, meant, you had wrote 23-19 Philly. Matt Jones, 17-10 Washington. At least 27-16 Philly. I had 20 to 17 Washington. Dev had 23-17 Washington. And Rod had 16-10 Washington. So we were all in the general ballpark. They all, they, I mean, 2014, our numbers were pretty darn close either way. 
I think we all kind of realized this would be a semi semi low scoring game. So I think we're both below averages. Well, I I've continued my tradition of I don't I do not predict this team to win, so they win. Um, you know, and if they're gonna keep proving me wrong, God bless them. Do it. Hey, it's it's a good good time to be wrong. I will say though, if Jalen Hurts figures it out, I think he's gonna be a little scary. Yeah. Uh, He's fast. He needs to figure out how to throw a football. He's big, but he's I've seen him do it in his last two previous games. He just didn't do it against us. That man went for over 300 twice already. Yeah. I, and one of the games he I had give three, him this. I, 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 I like his upside more than Tua's. Let's not get into a conversation. I, I take everybody in the division needs better weapons, too. I mean, and that's an excuse for Carson Wentz as well. But who are they throwing to? And he didn't have his best running back. Miles Sanders wasn't there. That matters too. I, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. I think if if Philly does the right thing, which to me is let Carson walk or trade him, whatever you need to do, and then let build around Jalen Hurts in the same way that um, Baltimore does with uh, Lamar and Buffalo did with uh, Josh Allen, I think they have something in the division that makes you nervous for a long time. Um, and, and, you know, Cowboys have Dak and the Giants are stuck with Danny Jones for another year. Yeah. I guess. So we'll see. <laughs> Even in Jalen Hurts' limited action, he still has more touchdowns than any of our quarterbacks. So sucks. <laughs> it's, it's, it is what it is. He's, he has six. Alex has six. So well, let's be fair. All of our quarterbacks have had limited action this season. Yeah, very true. Very true. Not <laughs> not gonna not gonna to, 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 in all fairness, but that's still a damning statistic. It is it's frustrating sometimes, but okay. Well, let's close this one out. Anybody have any uh, shout outs before we we lock this one up? Go first, Phil. Um <laughs> Shout out to the guy who I uh, kicked out of our group because he managed to look up my IG, which is not tied <laughs> to my Facebook. And he looked up my IG to send me hate mail because I dare say Alex was horrible in the second half last night. Oh, man. <gasps> oh damn it. Oh, damn it. <gasps> You would have thought that I had said Heil Hitler in a New York delicatessen. How do you say that? Yeah, shout out to him. Wow. You had one day of fame on our Facebook group. And I said, bye. Bye. Thomas so that, no, no, it was not. It was, uh, it was. Wow. Okay. What, what was his name? Not Carlos Ariaga. No. <laughs> Shout out to Carlos. Shout out to Carlos. I said he was Carlos Ariaga's mentally challenged brother. I did say that in one comment to him. Nice. Which says a lot because, you know, I got my questions about Carlos's faculties. Uh, what was it? Oh, Muin Jahan was his name. So yeah. I hate to commit olive skin on olive skin crime, but I had to in this case. So shout out to him. He'll never hear this. Rest of y'all will. 
and look, this is the reason why I'm going to say this. I go back and forth a lot with people in the group, whereas a lot of the admins don't. One of the reasons is, is that A, I love to engage. B, I argue all the time with everybody because debating is sport. And C, I'm not going to be that, I don't want to be that that bitch admin that kicks out everybody who doesn't agree with them. Because we've all been in, in social media groups where somebody like gets power hungry and I'm going to kick out everybody who doesn't agree with me. I don't want to be that guy. I hate being that guy. I wouldn't want the perception of that guy. I welcome all opinions. Just back them up. So Please. funny thing is the Redskins Attic is like one of the first groups on Facebook I joined for this very reason. I just, I, I, I like people's opinion, but then people don't tolerate opinions. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I can't function that type of environment, but um Phil, I tend to start conversations and then Phil ends up in an argument with them in the comment <laughs> section almost every time. So shout out to Phil. Shout out to Dev. Shout out to Rod. Um, shout out to who's our guy that was that, that kind of started that conversation? Thomas Joshua, whoever that guy is. I think he might be new or newly commenting in the group. Um, shout out to everybody who just wants to believe that you know, things are, are, are great. And I, I know what it's like to be that kind of fan where you just want that fairy tale aspect of everything and you don't care about the reality aspects of everything. But I think with this pod, we try to bring a little bit of everything to that. And some of that is going to be honest conversation about where we really are because this team and this fan base have been duped too many times by uh, window dressing and not, substance when it comes to actual team achievements and growth and development and that's the conversation we're trying to have with everybody we're not running on anybody's parade celebrate this let's get to the playoffs let's shake and bake you know what i'm saying let's go beat tampa and if we don't we'll be here to talk about it we'll be here to have the conversation and uh keep the conversation going like i always say that's right you got to shake it before you make it <laughs> and look yeah. hey that that comment section the in the live thread during game day, it's honestly, it's like if we were all sitting around in a bar together. Yeah. What do you do? Every time something's good, you're going nuts. You're cheering. Every th time something sucks, you're throwing shit at the screen. You know, it's that kind of mentality. It's just sitting around in a bar, just enjoying a game. You know, can't do that in real life right now. So we, we do it in the comments That's of the right. live thread. You know, Ellie sits over in the corner and drinks milk, and he's Debbie Downer the entire time. <laughs> but <laughs> the funny part is with those live threads, I don't know if it's my proximity to DC or what, but I, my television feed is so up to date. And every time I want to say something, I just don't even put it in the chat. I wait for someone else to say it because I don't want to be the spoiler, but I literally feel like I see it before anybody else. So I just wait. Phil's usually like right there to be the first one to post or somebody else, but I usually just wait. It, it's so exciting because anytime something good or bad happens, the first thing I do is boop, 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 go to the thread. 656 comments, by the way. Shout out to everyone to keep that thing uh -huh. thing popping. That was that was great. Hopefully the live streams will continue and uh, whatever websites, air quotes, or, or platforms people are streaming off of continue to ride strong for Saturday night's game, 815. Man, these 815 games gonna be fun and if we uh if we get past tampa then it's on to green bay 
that's a whole nother story. And we will cross that bridge when we get there. And like Ellie said, we'll have plenty of time to talk about realities, plenty of time to talk about meanings and so what's. But let's enjoy this for now. Shout out to the whole group. Shout out to Rod. Shout out to Ellie. Um, shout out to Phil. Shout out to Dev. Uh, love you guys. Love the fans. Let's, let's keep this thing moving. And we will let y'all know how we're going to kick it for the Saturday game. This is a first for us. We haven't done a Saturday game yet, so we'll have to figure out how we how we get this going. If you haven't listened, go back and listen to episode 46. We got to gotta sit down with, with Matt Jones, get his take on things. So hopefully you guys enjoy that one. That was a that was a good one for us too. Probably our, our favorite one. So let's say is that if we do the Saturday game, I work Saturday. I get off at six. Thank God. Yeah. I'm thinking gonna pick my son up and he and I will come. We'll do if we do the live stream. Ahead, uh, an hour ahead. I'll just come to you live from the bar. There, there you <laughs> go. We're going to beat ups, you know. Boom, boom. Bang, bang. So, uh, just to put this out there, Ian Rappaport just, che- just tweeted that the Chargers <laughs> requested an interview for with Jason Garrett for their head coach position. It was. <laughs> what? I have a response to that. All right. Should have never fired Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn, greater than Jason Garrett. That's my response. Jason Garrett killed the Giants offense this year. He's Scott Turner light. (laughs) (laughs) What you got, Phil? Oh, no, I'm just doing the Jason Garrett right there. Clapping. (laughs) Hey, guys, we're down by 50. Good job. (laughs) Down by 50. Good job. Come on. All he does, 60 minutes of clapping. Clap, clap. Joe Judge is uh, went off on uh, Doug Peterson too. I love it. I love building the tenseness uh, in the division, right? Like we want this NFC East to be returned to like the black and blue division. You know what I'm saying? Not the not what it's been. It's too friendly yeah. lately. Let's get you know, back. This division was the gold standard for 20 years of football. Yeah. Until 30, then. really. Even even in the 90s. They can the sit the NFC ass- East was the beast. They can sit their asses down on the couch and watch us Saturday, win or lose. That's how I see it. Enjoy this while we can. I hope they. I hope they sit there and curse our name to death, or curse or curse our no name. Yes. Let's feed off that negative energy. Yeah, beat. Let the hate flow you. through you. That is correct. All right, fellas. <laughs> we'll catch y'all on the flip side. Yeah. Peace. Peace.